for the Alliance. For the Horde! Slay them all! Your mum's a bearded ogre and your father's a trog! Welcome back to Casually Casual Cast. I am your host, Horena Swift. This is the Warcraft Podcast for those who are hardcore about not being hardcore. In each episode, I cover Warcraft retail and wild classic news in and out of Azeroth. I cruise the forums and share community feedback. I share some adventures in Azeroth and I finish by taking a trip through trade chat. Today's date is October 2nd, 2022, and this is episode 13. You can have your thoughts, opinions, stories, and adventures, and even advertisements for your own recruiting needs, or your own stream, or your own show, anything Warcraft content related. You can tweet the show at Warcraft Casual. You can follow me on Twitter at Horena, H-A-R-A-I-N-N-A. You can email the show at casuallycasualcast at gmail.com, and you can find past episodes, the show notes for Casually Casual Cast, and the rest of the podcasts I host at cozypodcastnetwork.com. Just click on the Casually Casual Cast tab, and it will take you right where you need to go. So let's get started by hopping into some Warcraft retail news. Well, Azerothians, it is time for us to mark our calendars. The journey to the Dragon Isles begins on November 28th. The ancestral home of Dragonkind, the Dragon Isles, are awaking, and many long-forgotten secrets are awaiting to be uncovered. Heed the call of the dragons as their ancient homelands are revealed once more, beckoning adventurers and treasure seekers alike to unravel the many mysteries awaiting for us. Discover the Dragon Isles and explore four new zones, the Waking Shores, rolling with elemental power, the vast expanse of the Onharan Plains, the frosty peaks of the Azure Span, and the majestic spires and temples of Thalsdrasas each themed around and revealing more about the ancient dragon aspects. Us, the players, will menace our foes or empower our allies as the new Drakthir Invokers, World of Warcraft's first ever race and class combination. We will be able to switch between a humanoid visage and a fearsome draconic form. The Drakthir are highly mobile and their unique evoker class can specialize in ranged damage dealing or in aiding their allies as a healer by harnessing the mystical gifts of the dragon kind. They will awake from their slumber right along with us in the Forbidden Reach where we will take up our training to join the forces of Dragonkind in the defense of the Isles. Dragonflight introduces Dragon Riding, an all-new skill-based method of aerial movement that allows players to take to the skies on the back of our personal Dragon Isles Drake. 
players will customize our drakes as we progress through the expansion collecting more appearance options and enabling them to fly farther and faster our dragonflight contains major updates to the world of warcraft classes centering on the reintroduction of talent trees the new talent system empowers us the players to make creative and meaningful talent choices without compromising their effectiveness and most importantly it will give us meaningful options at each and every level we will be able to express ourselves with the updated profession system with new features and tools to fuel the ambitions of characters and crafters of any skill level and if you did not know, they're also introducing a customizable user interface, a UI, and an experience in an updated heads-up display, the HUD, as we take on the challenges before us. And in Dragonflight, did you know? Did you hear the big news? All of this is going to be available with the newly announced official launch on November 28th of this year, November 28th, Dragonflight will release with everything I just said, plus eight new dungeons, four level up dungeons, which can be taken on with friends as we work toward the new level cap of level 70, and four maximum level dungeons. In Dragonflight Season 1 and Raid Schedule, they have actually released all of this right now for you to read up on. The Dragonflight Season 1 will go live starting the week of December 12th. It will bring a new raid, an updated rotation of challenging Mythic Plus dungeons, and a new PvP system. system. New PvP season! Mark our calendars for the road ahead and get ready to take on all of these new challenges. The Primalist breached the Titan prison used to hold the Incarnates for a millennia. Within Razgath performs a foul ritual to unleash her siblings to together they can purge the world of the Titan's influence. The champions of Azeroth must assault this impregnable fortress and break their defenses to end this threat. While many could fall, defeat condemns all of the realms to the incarnate's reign of fire and blood. And also, the raid release schedule is spread out between December 12th and into January 16th, where the first normal heroic and mythic vault of the incarnates will open within the weekly maintenance for each region being the kickoff on December 12th and then it moves to December 19th and then so on into January 2nd and then following in January 16th. Cross-faction mythic and Hall of Fame eligibility will be taking place. The cross-faction mythic vault of the incarnates will be available from the start. Hall of Fame entries will require at least 16 out of 20 raiders to be from the same guild and faction to be eligible for rewards. And then, there's a new dungeon rotation. The Dragonflight Season 1 will feature a new dungeon rotation for Mythic Plus. Four dungeons from Dragonflight are included and the four returning dungeons from previous expansions. And then the full lineup is Ruby Life Pools, the No-Code Offensive, the Azure Vault, Agathar's Academy, Halls of Valor from Legion Expansion, 
Court of Stars from the Legion expansion, Shadow Moon Burial Grounds from Warlords of Draenor expansion, and Temple of the Jade Serpent from the Mists of Pandaria expansion. The Mythic Plus in PvP Season 1 will also begin December 12th with Regional Maintenance. For Dragonflight, the item level of rewards from completing Mythic Plus runs will not be capped on the first week as Mythic Vault of the Incarnates will open at the same time. The Inspiration Catalyst used to turn on non-set pieces of the appropriate slot into new set pieces of the same item level will be available in later on in Season 1. And then the Mythic Dungeon Affixes. For Season 1, they're going to be introducing a new affix, but the necrotic and inspiring affixes won't be making an appearance. More information on this new affix will be released at a later date. And then there's going to be a rewarding new season ahead because Dragonflight Season 1 will feature familiar exclusive rewards such as the Ahead of the Curve and um, Cutting Edge Achievements for Raids, Keystone Master Achievements, Rewards for Mythic Plus, and Gladiator Rewards for PvP. Closer to the start of Season 1, they will be sharing more information on seasonal rewards and how you can obtain them. just one hot fix was added for Warcraft Retail and that was taking place in Zareth Mortis where you no longer the proto vault in Zareth Mortis no longer requires the world quest frog it to appear and next if you have $1,500 burning a hole in your purse, your wallet, your pants, your coffee can in your upper left cabinet in your kitchen, uh, you have an opportunity right now to be the proud owner of the limited edition Frostmourne replica. It is the most powerful rune blade currently known to exist. Duh, the Frostmourne has long been the instrument of destruction welded by the mighty Lich King. And now you can add this legendary sword to your collection for the low, low price of $1,500 at the Blizzard Gear Store today. And don't let them stop you. Where would you put this magnificent sword at? If not on your wall for a low, low price of $200, you can't smack that puppy up that zinc, copper alloy, stainless steel, leather, beautiful piece of art up on your wall. It might be the most expensive artwork you own, or it might be the least expensive artwork you own. But at the end of the day, you will be the proud owner of Frostmourne. And you can go to the Blizzard store right now if you want to check that out. Moving on. World of Warcraft could be getting official controller support for the Dragonflight beta. A new build has been released and it appears that World of Warcraft may have official controller compatibility in the next expansion. Icy Veins has reported that the most recent release has data mining of controller assets that are quote linked to controller bindings for both Xbox and PlayStation. This information of course strengthens much rumors that WoW 
could be made available on the Xbox following the Microsoft takeover. However, it's also possible that it's merely a part of the effort to improve accessibility options for the MMO, which is over 18 years old after all. And since this is what many of Dragonflight's UI changes seem to be concentrated on. The Dragonflight beta originally had a quote action battle option. If enabled, opponents will immediately latch on to the nearest one in the direction of your character is looking rather than requiring you to browse between them in order to target them. Additionally, the beta allows you to add an interact key, which would allow and make utilizing a controller much simpler. And in a report on IGN Nordic, there is an article titled Activision Blizzard Chief Compliance Officer Francis Townsend has stepped down. And this is in a post by Adam Bankhurst where it goes on to say that Activision Blizzard Chief Compliance Officer Francis Townsend, who was previously criticized for her actions following the news of the company's sexual harassment lawsuit, has stepped down from her role at the company and will now serve as an advisor to the board and to CEO <coughs> Bobby Kotick. As reported by Bloomberg, Townsend has chosen to step down prior to the $68.7 billion deal that, if it goes through, will see Microsoft acquire Activision Blizzard and its many iconic franchises, including Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Diablo, and more. now it is time for your World of Warcraft classic news. So um, it's being reported and it's also been on the forums that there was a Cataclysm classic survey from Blizzard put out asking fans what they wanted changed. The World of Warcraft Classic, which started with the vanilla versions of Blizzard MMO in 2019 and then has progressed now into Lich King's expansion, could technically continue on into the Cataclysm version of the game in the future with a new Blizzard survey that asked all of us for our thoughts and opinions on what we would like or dislike about the game's 2010 expansion. So Wowhead was even reporting on it, saying that in addition to various questions about general gaming habits and preferred platforms, the survey dove deep into what players would specifically want to see from a Cataclysm Classic. And the survey outlined all the expansion's core features, asked players how interested we were in each one, um, and then also um, posits the possible removal of the controversial looking for raid feature that debuted as part of Cataclysm. So other questions that were asked by the survey included whether players would want significant changes to Cataclysm or just keep it largely the way it was in 2010 and actually wanted to know what reasons would prevent players from wanting to even play Cataclysm Classic to begin with and what many of us might expect players, you know, to feel like in regard to what the next Wild Class expansion would be after Wrath of the Lich King. Many want to know, should they just stop right here at Wrath or should we just keep moving on 
in progression. And there are apparently a few variations to the survey. One question asking players to choose their favorite color and which then results in questions about a no changes version of Cataclysm Classic or one with actual significant changes. In various Wrath of the Lich King Classic interviews, Blizzard has publicly discussed the idea of Cataclysm Classic. And also there was a noted Wowhead interview earlier this year between Asmongold and game director Ian Hazakastis that actually touched on the subject and because he wanted to hear from players on what should become the next and better version and why many classic players for classic players Cataclysm is the beginning of the end in terms of WoW's popularity. And Cataclysm actually marked a dramatic shift in Blizzard's MMO with a major revamp of Azeroth. And that always kind of made me kind of bummed out because there's so many players that didn't get to see Azeroth and its beauty. And then they just started playing in Cataclysm and never understood that, you know, these were actual lands that were destroyed and by, you know, Cataclysm. So they didn't get to see what it looked like before it was all jacked up. And I think the thing that always bothered me the most was, you know, the thunder needles or thousand needles, what I'm calling thousand needles. And I'm thinking, I'm mixing thunder bluff and thousand needles and came up with thunder needles. Um, in thousand needles, you know, going from being flooded and then having that whole raceway and everything out in the shimmering sands, I believe it is, all that stuff jacked up, you know, like they never got to see it the way it was before that, you know? So um, they also, Ian Hazakasta said in the interview that the new survey makes clear that there's a lot of stuff on the table in terms of where Classic could go from here and that Blizzard looks to be trying to figure out and kind of get a feel where to take things next. And before that, however, our Wrath of the Lich King Classic has already launched so this topic is even more important because they're gonna have to know what are we planning on for the future and i've really struggled with that myself do i want to even try playing cataclysm classic is not keeping classic classic like not keep inching up and then just making two mere versions of the same game i don't know i don't know I feel like I want to get off on the Wrath train. I don't want to ride the classic train into, into Cataclysm. I think I just like the vintage version of WoW, like the vanilla Burning Crusade and Wrath. To me, that's like a package in my mind. And then I kind of package together Cataclysm, Mop, and Warlords in my mind. And then I kind of... I do the rest. I do like Legion, Shadowlands, and that. like I do them in threes, you know? So that's kind of how I have just organically separated them in my mind. I don't know why that is, but that's just how it is. <laughs> so I just feel like I would, I would just want to stay in the Wrath version of Classic, and I don't foresee myself going further into Cataclysm. To me, that's just not that far away. Like, it doesn't seem... I didn't get to play in Vanilla, I didn't get to play in Burning Crusade, I didn't get to play um, I'm a Wrath Baby in the terms of coming mid-Wrath towards the end of Wrath, so I didn't get to get that whole launch experience. So to me, that's what I needed. I played Cataclysm right from the beginning, Mop right from the beginning, 
wad right from the beginning, legion right, from, you know, all of them all right from the beginning. So I guess that's why the three in my mind stick together is because those are the three that I kind of missed out on. And I feel like I like them the most. I think I started hating the, the changes that were being made actually in Cataclysm, to be honest. I had so much fun in Wrath. I liked the way it was, and I don't think I'm going to ride the classic train any further down the classic path. Others can if they so desire, if they go that route, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to stay in Wrath World. That's where I'm going to stay. So that's just something for you to think about if you're a World of Warcraft classic player. Just think about this. Where do you get off? And let me know. Where do you get off on this wild classic train? I should probably be a little more descriptive when I say where do you get off. So what, like, what expansion do you just go, yep, this is where I'm stepping off now. I don't want to ride this train any further. So let me know. I would love to hear it. Continuing with our Warcraft Classic news, there are some hot fixes that were posted on September 30th, 2022 for Wrath of the Lich King Classic. And they are as follows. The Battle for Wintergrass may now only be joined once per 30-minute queue window. The slash follow player functionality is now disabled in battlegrounds and arenas. Fixed an issue where the player's name would occasionally appear as unknown in quest descriptions. Fixed an issue where a disconnect could occur when dismounting a flying mount while ascending. <laughs> Sorry. I like to picture these fixes in my head and how funny they were while they were occurring. <laughs> and that one sounds funny. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Just disconnecting, a disconnect would occur <laughs> when you're dismounting a flying mount while you're ascending. It's just funny to me. All right, blinding the eyes in the sky now includes Skybreaker, Reckon Fighters as intended, and Storm Clouds should no longer fail to buff Gaimor when grabbed on Storm King's Vengeance. Good to know. Good to know. All right, so this, this, uh, chunk of news for a while classic comes from dotesports.com in an article titled blizzard begs wild classic players to once again skip an infamous lore quest and it's by isabella tomakic and uh they go on to say i'm just gonna you know paraphrase and read over this um, there is a Blizzard blue post that they're referencing. So I'm just going to cut to that blue post first. This was posted four days ago on September 28th, 2022. And it was by Egrand. Greetings! Just wanted to provide an update on the issues that many players are experiencing with Battle for the Undercity currently and talk a bit about the short-term and longer-term steps we are hoping to take to resolve the current issues. The history of the Battle for Undercity. We knew going into Wrath Classic that this event was fragile, and indeed, the Battle for Undercity breaking was a very common problem in 2008 at Original Wrath launch. This event continued to be problematic for the entire history of Wrath of the Lich King until it was removed from the game in patch 4.0.3. We knew we wanted to try to preserve this experience as close as possible to its original state. 
and we did a significant amount of work pre-launch to resolve some of the common issues it had during its original run and harden the experience against breaks. We got a lot of test data from beta and we found a lot of bugs and fixed them. And we were hopeful that the experience would be improved for Wrath of the Lich King Classics launch. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Due to the sheer number of players attempting to complete this content and some unforeseen interactions with layers, this event is still very air prone. So the issue is rather long and I'm not going to read it anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got you. I got you. The issue is that they're saying that there's several issues at play here. But broadly speaking, the issues tend to manifest in a way that is causing the event to get stuck in a state where it actually cannot progress any further, and it's blocking progression on the quest for any players that are currently participating in the quest, and any others that actually join the same phase on that same layer afterwards. So this does not occur every time the event starts, but there are enough players attempting the event right now that there's a high likelihood that the event just becomes stuck on any given layer after enough time has passed and completions have occurred. So the issues are especially problematic for Horde players as accepting the quest step actually places them in a phase that they cannot leave and that impact impacts vendors and trainers in Undercity and Orgrimmore. So they have offered some near-term and long-term solutions, saying that they're going to digitally, digitally work on that and also diligently work on additional fixes. But due to the nature of the issues and the extreme complexity of the event, these under-the-hood adjustments are likely just to be extensive and are unlikely to arrive within the next few days. So as a stopgap, they will be adding a method to essentially skip the event and hope to have the workaround in place within the next 24 hours. And once they have had a chance to fully resolve the issues in the longer term, they want to try and add a way for players that had to bypass the event to go back and experience the story. So I think originally the um, actual write-up titled Blizzard Bags Wild Classic you know, people to uh, once again escape an, an infamous or like skip the infamous lore quest is not entirely true when they're just right now wanting to do a quick fix because you can't have players perpetually stuck in areas and everybody just like bottlenecking and jacking up the system. So I know they want to put in like a 24 hour workaround and then they want to allow an option in the future for players that had to bypass the event to be able to actually go back and experience that story content. So I feel like it's a, it's a great compromise. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You can't always plan for stuff like this. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to err on the side of thank you for compromising. And then they wrap up saying, for now, we'd advise players to avoid the event, the battle for the Undercity quest until they get their temporary skip in place. And they are heartbroken to ask players to bypass the iconic content but they're going to make all haste to try and implement a more featured solution to allow players encountering this quest for the first time to be have a more reliable playthrough. So that is the blue post and I'll put the link to that in the show notes and I'm just going to hop back to that article because 
you know, they're just more or less saying the same things, but it had a little more of a, um, a kind of not a truthful title. So I'm glad I just hopped over to the blue post instead. So I will just be putting the link to the blue post. I definitely like to go right to the horse's mouth or right to the dev's mouth when reporting on stuff like that, because, you know, a lot of people just want to go for clip clips or clicks. Why am I saying clips? Apparently, been um, doing too many things on the interwebs and it all revolves around clicks and clips. Okay, so right now I'm going to put this in the show notes so I don't forget. I'm going to do it right here while I'm recording live, live from Helena's Warcraft cave in her basement. Okay, so next for Warcraft classic news, let me see what I have. All right, so what we have is an actual update on the topic that I just read about. So now they have posted that they just want to follow up on that uh, fix. And as of 4.48 Pacific Standard Time, Agrand did an update and saying that they've deployed a hotfix that will add a, mem a member of the Bronze Dragonflight, Zidormi, to Terraceful Glades near the entrance of the Ruins of Loraderon for Horde players or the entrance to the Undercity Sewers for Alliance players that will allow you to manually enable or disable the quest phase that you were placed in for the Battle for the Undercity Quest event. Undercity Quest event. So like I said, for Horde, it's at the near, it's near the entrance for the Ruins of Loraderon and for Alliance, it's near the entrance of the Undercity Sewers. And additionally, they want to add that the hotfix was pushed. It will have a re it will have reset the phase state for all players that are currently on the battle for the undercity quest phase which this means that if you had completed either darkness stirs for horde or return to agrathar for alliance were on any of the ensuing quests up to and including the battle for undercity you will be restored to the default phase to see the undercity orgamore and the throne rooms of both org and stormwind as if you had never started either one of those quest chains doing a little quick rewind on you that's the short of the long and also there's a list of affected quests that they put in there i'm not going to read them all i'm going to put the link in the show notes or you can just head to the warcraft uh, wrathlich king classic discussion battle for undercity issues post and um, they say, again, if you're actively in progress for any of these quests, you may need to travel to Tearsful Glades and speak with Zadormi to return to the correct phase and resume your progress on them either now or at a later time when they are able to implement the full fix for the issues that caused the battle to become stuck. And abandoning and reaccepting these quests will not put you back into the correct phase to see the battle-related events. This should heal situations where players were being stuck in the battle for the Undercity phase and could not interact with vendors or trainers in Org or Undercity. And that the goal with this hotfix was to get players who were stuck in this phase out of it and skip past this event. And they will be doing additional work over the coming days and weeks to further harden the battle for the Undercity event to make it able to be more consistently completed 
so that players can get the powerful rewards from this quest more reliably. And again, they offer their sincere apologies for these issues and hope to continue working toward a complete solution to these issues. I really appreciate the amount of communication that comes out of um, Blizzard right now in this WoW Classic stuff. Like they, I think Agrand is doing an excellent job talking and keeping everybody up to date because holy crap, there has been a lot of crazy things going on just trying to get wrath up and running smooth so many little gremlins in the system that they have to whack and get out of there so i think they're doing a great job on communicating all of the things to us i'm bored you want to go for a drive sure you know where i'd like to go where I'd like to go cruise some forums. Hmm. Sure. The general discussion forums has led us to a question by Shamaniris saying, what would you tell a new 60 to focus on now? I'm almost level 60 and I haven't played since Mr. Pandaria coming back now. From what I can tell, Shadowlands has had a lot of criticism for pointless grinds and zones that make you burn out on the game and those grinds won't be worth it in Dragonflight launching soon. It almost seems like leveling alts would be better to wait for the new talent system so that they have a more satisfying feel. So I'm curious what y'all would recommend focusing on until the pre-patch. I'd like to be prepared for or Dragonflight, but at the same time, I was always just a casual raider, and I have no guild, so it's not like I can clear everything in time, but I'd still like to feel like I'm doing something worth going into Dragonflight. So let's see what fellow Azerothians had to say. What nuggets of grand intel they can give. Let's start with Rigatoni. And they have to say, I don't know, I don't have much info on what content you do, but I'd go do keys and stuff. Right, right on, Rigatoni. Way to give a very in-depth piece of advice. <laughs> Alright, so Karat said, If you're not ready to get into raiding, I'd max out your covenant and start grinding in Zareth Mortis. You'll be able to gear up a decent amount there. It won't be on par with top-end raiding and Mythic Plus gear, but it'll make the transition into Dragonflight content less painful. Also, um, with a post by Epic Gamer X, they replied, focus on some life goals or something until the next X-Pack. Seriously, this game is so bad, I can't even force myself to log on, and I've stuck through this game for some dark times. This is quite possibly the worst I've ever seen this game. It feels terrible. Oh, we've, we need to give Epic Gamers X-Hog. <laughs> They're having a rough time. I don't feel like it's that bad. I think there's plenty of things you could be doing in the game if you really put your, you know, if you really put your mind to it. So, Murder Carpet. Gotta love old Murder Carpet. <laughs> they actually give some grand advice. Get your renowned up. Do your campaign 
Work on getting flying. There's very little for a new player to accomplish in endgame at this point, considering how little time is left. How the grinding increases exponentially if you decide you want to become competitive rather than get flight. It is unlikely SLS Flight will be released to all in the next expansion. However, once you get it, you will be able to farm old content as you wish. Full disclosure, I got the free offer in August. I have four characters, one in each covenant, getting close to 80 renown. I have gotten a few rare mounts since starting. Not sure if that's a coincidence. Today, I'm back to farming the Shah of Anger. And Pity said that unless you are an achievement hunter, there's really nothing to do right now. See, I disagree. In a month, we should have the pre-patch. Odds are high that with pre-patch, we will have some catch-up event that will make gearing even easier than farming Zareth Mortis. So true. That That is definitely a good piece right there. Um, otherwise, I'd spam heroics or MO, see some dungeons, QLFR, wander the world, perhaps find a guide to some low-hanging fruit mounts and pets. And let's see, I'm going to drive over those turds, bing bonk, a little turd um, on the cruiser, the forums, a little speed bump turds, not really great um, information they're giving out. Um, Audiza said that they'd probably focus on doing enough of the main campaign to unlock flying and leveling zones, which is partway through the domination campaign in Corthia. And then they'd head to Xerath Mortis with the goal of unlocking flying there. And then you're cruising along in Dragonflight and seeing cool mount pet cosmetic and realize it's from Shadowlands. You've made your life a whole much easier if you go and farm it. I agree. That would be my advice to to be honest is do your campaign get your stuff knocked out in your campaign zone do that storyline unlock your flying and then head to Zareth Mortis I really enjoyed Zareth Mortis I absolutely hate hated any part of the Shadowlands that had to do with Corthia and all of the domination area and I just don't like it I hate the towers I hate all of that. I just went right from Shadowlands, skipped over all the nonsense. And plus, I think the crappy part was uh, the poor timing that came out with when Shadowlands came out. And then we all were going through COVID with the Maw and all that dreary crap and then running around and having to do the maw and have to do the corthia and the towers all the rankings and floors and i was just like this is so crappy like you you go to game as an escape and then you're just surrounded by like doom and gloom and angry demon beasts with chains whipping you and then you know you're living you you go from your real life to escape into like that i'm like no thanks no thanks this grind in this hellscape is no fun for me so i absolutely loved it when i got to go into xerath mortis it's beautiful it's aesthetically pleasing it was well mapped out i didn't ever feel confused or where to go i felt like it was very well thought out um, zone i love the zone I just ground, I grinded and grinded and grinded and grinded. I got all everything that I could possibly get, except for that annoying 
frog that is in one of the main zones where you have to like every day like feed it something new. I still have yet to do that and I haven't gone back in there yet because now I'm over in Classic right now. So, you know, it is what it is. But definitely if you're a new player coming back, I would definitely go in, pick your campaign, go through the beautiful zones, get your flying. It does make you feel like um, you've accomplished something and it makes life a lot easier being able to fly around, especially with a lot of the areas like Revendrath. It's really neat, but a lot of cliffs and a lot of levels and it can get frustrating. And I constantly kept getting ran over by that little um, wagon uh, chauffeur dude <laughs> constantly. So I loved it when I got my flying. So I would definitely work on that stuff for sure. All right, for our second... Wow, cruising the forums. We're going to head to the World of Warcraft classic Reddit for Wrath of the Lich King, where there's a post by Tickle Deeply titled, Wrath of the Lich King classic leveling is way tougher than I thought it would be. How do people do it? I've spent six or so hours so far leveling. I started at level 69 and I've done every quest I've come across in Howling Fjord, including both of the dungeon quests for UK. I've run UK twice. I'm halfway through 70 after 6.5 hours. I feel burned out. How can people handle this? Some people are spending 14 hours a day leveling and are nearly 80. I work every day and have to prepare dinner, do chores. It seems impossible to keep up. How do people do it? So the first reply is by Edarathu14 and they said, you don't keep up, dude. This may surprise you, but there's lots of people who literally dedicate their lives to min-maxing this stuff. You're never going to keep up with them without the same amount of no job, no life dedication. Many of them even have people dedicated to assisting them. Four to six hours a level is good pacing for wrath. It's supposed to take a long time. If you have a job and responsibilities, you're not going to be with the go, go, go crowd. Just put that out of your brain now. Also, remember that a very large portion of the player base is also in their adulthood with jobs and families and stuff to do. You're far from the only one in the early stages of this game. The game is supposed to be fun, and if you put up a comparison clock against the no-lifers, you're not going to have any fun, my guy. It's going to be like trying to open your own brokerage on Wall Street without any experience. It's just not going to work out well. Have fun and go at your own pace and find people to play with who are at your pace. All right, so Adarathu14 also had to add an edit saying, wow, I did not expect this post to resonate quite this much. Thank you so much for all the awards. And I do agree with Adarathu14. Do not burn yourself out. Not, and that's the biggest thing I think people, they set these expectations on themselves. And while they're building these expectations of themselves, they're taking chunks of what they see around them. And they're building their wall of expectations for themselves with the bricks of the behavior of the other people around them. So if they're watching a streamer and the streamer is just go, 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 they take a brick from that streamer and they build, put it in their wall of expectation. And then they see someone on social media going, whoa, I'm already 80. And they're looking, they're like, what the hell? I'm like halfway through 
270. And I feel like I'm spending my time playing the game. How am I not getting where they are? You know, so they take a break from that person's expectation and they build their own personal expectation wall with that. And then sooner or later, they have this wall built with the expectations they have taken from other people's experiences in the game. And they have started to put these expectations on themselves. And in reality, we all are different people. You cannot cookie cutter a person. You might be able to min-max your characters. You cannot min-max you as a human. You cannot do it. You literally cannot, and I, you should not. You should not want to, all right? When I knew that going into Wrath of the Lich King Classic, I ground, grind, grind, grind my way just to get into Wrath. I didn't have the goal of getting to 70. I wanted to at least be able to get my butt on that boat and get it over in there and start doing my thing. But I also knew, one, let's be realistic. When we first started playing, the zone was just hot mess, right? You get in there, you start playing, and then there's just mobs everywhere. They're constantly respawning because the amount of players are there to trigger faster respawns. And with those faster respawns, and there's more people and more respawns, and it's just utter craziness, right? I'll go into that in my adventure time. But I also knew that that would also hinder my leveling. So I knew I was going to grind my butt to get myself ready for Wrath. And then I was going to step back, let all the drama go on ahead of me, let all the chaos go on ahead of me. So when I dive back in and continue my leveling adventure in Wrath of the Lich King Classic, that I would be able to do it at my pace. And I already went in knowing that I did not want to burn myself out because what good is it to do if you're if you're not enjoying the journey, then why are you journeying in the first place? What are you trying to do? Um, the comparison is a thief of joy. So knock that crap off. Focus on you. The more time you focus on, you know, what everybody else is doing, you're wasting time and you're sucking the joy out of your life. Okay. So knock that crap off. So they also go on to say a few of you are misunderstanding me though. I'm not calling people who hit 80 already a degenerate, no lifer without a job. I'm just saying that those people exist and someone who treats well like a casual five to 10 hour a week hobby will hate themselves if they're comparing themselves to the guys who took vacation and gained 40 plus hours in a handful of days in a week. Gaming is my primary hobby. I 1000% take vacation and game hard and no life from time to time despite having friends in a life. I wasn't attempting to perpetuate the stereotype everyone ahead of me is a greasy neck beard with no life friends. Yeah, I think it's just the common misconception of when you are, it, it's the weird way we tend to think, which is all or nothing, uh, black or white, red or blue. People think that there's only two choices in the world. You're either on or you're off. You're either in or you're out. No, there's actually multiple choices in life. You don't have to be a no lifer or a dirty casual. You can be something in the middle. It's on a spectrum, okay? I just think life exists on a spectrum, to be honest. So I think the same thing comes along with how we, um, each of us, individually attack our gameplay. Some of us are higher on the spectrum when it leans, it, like if the spectrum starts in the middle, some go swing to the right and go into the hardcore greasy neck beard, no life, don't touch grass. That's what, the, that would be maximum, right? And then the other way is like they log in once a month. 
the extreme in the other direction. You know, there's extremes to everything, right? I think what Edrad through was trying to say is just slow your roll, enjoy your journey and stop comparing yourself to everybody else. And that's what I would take out of it. And I totally, that's the advice I give everybody is stop trying to live up to these unrealistic expectations. Your life is not their life. Therefore, their life will not fit into your life and your life would not fit into their life. We're each allowed to play at our own. And that is the, this this type of a mindset comes from a more competitive person and or an ex-competitive person because it's just where everybody has their own priorities in life and that doesn't make somebody who has less priorities less of a person and that doesn't make somebody who has more priorities in their life more of a person. I think that's where we get into this unrealistic pissing contest. You know what I mean? So let's go and see what some of these fantastic, beautiful Redditors have to say. Uh, CMDR Bowie said, also don't forget this is an entire expansion. You're not meant to just blast through it and sit at endgame. Relax, enjoy it. You're here to waste time and have fun. Thank you. Preach, CMDR Bowie. That is so true. And then Banana Fana said, agreed, agreed, agreed. I'm contemplating Loremaster and Northrend just because I enjoy the questing so much more than TBC and Vanilla. And then Kinetic Symphony says, get the immersion add-on for quest. It makes it actually fun to read the text and understand what the purpose of the quest is. It makes each zone's flavor stand out even more. And then invoker said it makes a quest it makes the objective text bigger oh okay so they wanted to go in and tell more about that add-on called um the immersion add-on and evoker says that the add-on actually makes the objective text bigger and increases immersion and adds an animated talking head it doesn't sound like much but it actually makes a big difference it's hard to explain without showing it in action but it makes reading the text actually more enjoyable and memorable it's kind of like the difference between a character and fallout actually talking to you and speaking the dialogue out loud versus the game giving you three paragraphs of text with a button at the bottom that says accept, which is how the game is by default. And Seafood God said, and then there's the other side of the community that uses quest text skippers. <laughs> See, and that right there just shows that that polar opposite approach to gaming. Some people want to be more immersive into the questing and some people just want to add a quest text skipper, you know, or we just do it by ourselves we just go no or some people just do their doogie quest automatic accept automatic turn in and don't even look at the quest whatsoever right right so then um cmd bowie also added i thought i was enjoying leveling my dk through tbc content but left all of those achievements at like 80 and 90 percent done before saying okay i will totally come back to this later but just finish the achievement for Howling Fjord without once wanting to leave the zone for the next. So I may be doing the same with you, even though that this was never really my thing back in the day, Loremaster incoming. So I think that's the beautiful thing is when you allow yourself to play a game the way you truly feel you wanna play, honor that about yourself. Stop trying to change yourself to a play like someone else you're not. 
You know what I mean? It just literally sucks the fun out of everything. So that is, I would say, the overall message for the original poster that was so frustrated because Wrath of the Lich King Classic leveling is way tougher than what they thought. And I think it's not the leveling that's tougher. It's the amount of expectations that they're putting on themselves that is making it just feel like it's so much more than what it really is so let's wrap up moving into um we're gonna wrap up traveling and cruising the forums if i can even you know think of the name of my own segment <laughs> and we're gonna be moving into adventures in azeroth all right this is going to be my brief adventures in azeroth in our last episode, my goal was to get to level 68 so I could at least be able to get into Wrath of the Lich King Classic without having to buy a character boost. And part of me still wishes that I bought a character boost so that I could have flying, but then I'm like, nope, I'm gonna grind this old school. So I made it, oh! <laughs> I made it! I made it! I uh, didn't even have to ride the boat over to Howling Fjord. That's where I started my Wrath of Lich King Classic adventure. I didn't even have to take the boat. They had this little portal there and they're like, because the weather is so sketchy, you can take this portal. And I was like, thank you. And you know what I did at first though? Don't let me act think that like I did it some slick. I went and I waited on this other dock because I'm totally new to the Alliance storyline. Everything I played in wrath was on horde i literally did not know where the hell to go and it was so weird because every expansion in warcraft that i've ever played before you know i forget that i was spoiled i came at the end of wrath and then i went into cataclysm and with cataclysm there seemed to be a lot more of a guidance for you as a new player being like hey welcome to this expansion this is where you should go this is where you start go and get this quest here i had no freaking clue where to go to get my butt to howling fuel I didn't know where to go. I thought maybe do I go to Stormwind? And people were like, well, if you go to Stormwind, that actually takes you to Borean Tundra. I was like, I don't want to go to Borean Tundra. I want to go to Halloween Fjord. And then thankfully the guildies that were also on the same adventure of me in the Lion's Pride Tavern guild on Pagel, they on the Lion's side. So check that out and look that up. And so they were like, no, you got to go to, um, let me check. Okay, I said let me check because I always jack the name up. Because I'm an ex-smoker, I always think of menthol. <laughs> I haven't smoked in like 20 years, but the part of me that still liked it was a menthol smoker. And I always want to call menthol, menethyl harbor, menthol harbor. I'm just saying, that's just me. But, but... Uh, if you're Alliance and you want to go to Borean Tundra, you go to the Stormwind Harbor. And if you want to go to Menethil, uh, if you want to go to Howling Fjord, you got to go and take the boat out of Menethil Harbor that's in the wetlands. And then you'll be dropped off in Howling Fjord. So I, thankfully, my guildies were like, hey, you got to go to Menethil Harbor if you want to go to Howling Fjord. So I did that. I went to Menethil Harbor and I sat there on this dock and I'm waiting and I'm looking and I'm like, nothing's coming. And like me and another person are sitting there waiting. And I naturally, on 
one I shouldn't have assumed, but I did. And I thought, well, if I'm waiting for a boat here and they're waiting for a boat here, I must be on the right dock. No, I'm not on the right dock. Apparently that boat takes you somewhere else. I went and saw a dock master. Something inside of me was like, hey, Harina, I think you may want to go talk to the dock master. You don't want to assume that since you're standing next to a stranger, like you're in the right place. So then I, I went over and I talked to the dock master and he was like, Burger And then I was like, oh, well, that's not where I'm supposed to go. So then I decided to go find another dock with another boat. And thankfully, I did. I found the right one. I went and talked to the dock master, and he was like, burger digger -dur. And I was like, oh, sweet. That's where I want to go. I want to go to the Howling Fjord. So I went to go, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and it's just never coming. And I'm like, well, this is some crap. And then I went and talked to the dock master again. I thought, maybe I'm under misunderstanding it. And then I saw an option under it that says, hey, you can go right there. I'll send you. And I was like, Psh why am I being a loser just sitting here on this dock waiting for the stupid boat to come? I'm going to go right there. So then I felt bad for the group of people who were also waiting for the boat to come. I did not tell them, hey, you guys can hit this portal. I just said, take me there. So I went there and I made it. And holy crap, as a night elf, I thought I was a tall... I thought I was tall in Azeroth. I thought I was like on the taller end of things, you know, until I met the evil bastards that are called the Vikril. I just were like... I calling them that? Let me see if I'm pronouncing it right. Now it looks like they're called Vrykul, V-R-Y-K-U-L, but um, Howling Fjord, I will read you a little bit about it, is a region located in southeastern Northrend ripped into the southern coastlines line lies Dagger Cap Bay. The majestic fortress known as Utgard Keep is located in the center of this region. It is a dungeon complex and one of its sections is one of the two first instances, the other one being Nexus, that players will encounter when first arriving in Northrend. Hollingfjord contains bases of both factions and does not have a faction-specific emphasis. From the Tuskar settlement of Kamugawa on the Isles Spears, located on the southwestern coast, there is a giant turtle vessel able to transport six players to Moki Harbor in the Dragon Blight and from there onto Yunupi in the Borean Tundra. So they're these beastly, barbaric warriors known as the Vrykul who founded a vast civilization among the towering cliffs of the Howling Fjord. The Vrykul prospered for many years, and then they vanished suddenly. Now awakened by some unknown force, the savage warriors have reemerged to wage a brutal campaign of destruction from their Stygian fortress of Utgard Keep, and they are not messing around. Let me tell you, I thought I was tall. Harina thought, I'm the this amazing majestic night elf and I get to look down upon my humanoid and goblin brothers and sisters and nope I look like a teeny tiny ant compared to these of Rykel. They're like huge. They're huge. And they're pissed off. They're in a perpetual state of PMS completely. And they're just running around grunting and, and their, their wolves are like five times bigger than any wolf I've ever tamed in Azeroth. I don't know where they're getting it, what they're feeding it. I, I They have like an epic version of Chewy that they order from. I'm not quite sure, but I'm confused. I'm concerned and I'm a little jealous. And also... 
I decided when I arrived at Howling Fjord that I would not try to progress into Howling Fjord because it was nonsensical at that time. I had a couple hour wait at first. The first couple days was a little rough, but after that it started to dissipate where it would only be like a half an hour wait. So it hasn't been too bad. And also, um, I decided that I didn't want to run in. There was so much chaos and the whole tagging situation is a pain in the butt because you don't want to sit there and I eat and drink a lot playing World of Warcraft Classic where I don't feel like I have to eat or drink anything in retail. Like my chick never runs out of focus. I never have any issues with mana. And while at Warcraft Classic, I am constantly in between battles having to sit my butt down and guzzle. Like I gotta keep bags full of food for me and my pet along with all my arrows, you know, it's a thing. And I am like, you know what? I'm not gonna keep burning through my freaking food because these jackholes keep tagging. Like I would think I'm heading to tag something. Somebody would tag it first. I wouldn't realize it. I, my pet runs out and start DPSing it. And then I realized I just wasted my whole effort on something that got tagged first, you know? So I thought, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go sit on, <laughs> I found a couple Alliance guards next to this uh, pointy log stabby wall. And I just would tag the Vicrals and their wolves from there. They run over and then me and two guards would kill them. And I'd get the experience points as because I, I tagged them first. I'm like, this is amazing. And if you're a hunter, if you have any type of a trap or an AOE, this is the only way I've gotten to figure out how to tag stuff because it was driving me nuts trying to like if you have a quest to go and like you have to go kill this this um like more of an elite character in the village you know like out in the Terracar forest you're killing the um bird people and I would have to go in each tent and kill a specific bird person you know and the first person if they wouldn't group with you and they would tag it they would steal it and you got to sit and wait for it to respawn well while i was sitting and waiting for respawn there were like three other players waiting but none of them were hunters with an explosive or an emanation trap so i would run into the tent and i would put my trap down so i could get the first dps off from it i was being a little stinker and uh it worked because i was like if you guys ain't gonna group then I'm going to get the first tag and you can just deal with it. Okay, so that's what I had to do. So I'm, I'm going to carry that knowledge with me into the into Howling Fjord. If anybody wants to do that, I'm just going to drop my ammunition trap down or my explosive trap. And if you ain't going to group and we don't want to do this as a team, you get to suck it. I don't know what to tell you because I try. I will, if I will invite you. We can do it as a team or you can just wait in line because I'm going to explosive trap that up and get that tag first so that has helped me a lot also I decided to just make a mad run and get my next flight path I'm like you know what I'm not gonna run around and try to do these quests right now because there's so much chaos everybody's all up in the chaos I just ran through and made it all the way to the Alliance City that is let me see I had to double check because there are four Alliance accessible flight paths in Howling Fjord, three Alliance and one neutral. The Alliance ones, 
um, is uh, there, let me look, the Alliance one, there's Priscilla Wintergard in Valgrand. That's the southernmost part on the map. It's the first flight path that we'll come across after you get off the boat from Menethil Docks. And then there's Greer Orhammer in Westgard Keep, which is 3144 on the map. And it's just down the road northwest of Valgard. And then the one I ran to was northeast, west guard. You'll find James Ormsby in wild, in um, wild Fort Wildervar. Yep, that's where I ran. And then there's a neutral flight master in Kamugua is Kip Trollskip. And it's on an island of its own to the west. And there's a lift that will take you over from the shore. So that's the flight path. There's four of them right now in, in um, Howling Fjord. So my goal was to run right from the battle area in the um, first flight path area and run all the way to the northeast to get a second flight path because that is what I have a blast doing. While everybody else is battling and trying to tag all the things I'm just gonna run around and get my flight paths and and having a hum like a hilarious amazing time creating pain trains of epic proportions <laughs> while I do it it's so much fun and one of my favorite things to do is while I have a whole huge beautiful pain train behind me is I like to turn my camera and take a screenshot I like taking a screenshot of me with a good 20 pissed off things chasing me it cracks me up internally I it just brings me joy so that is where I'm at right now in my adventure time. I am just in the beginning of my adventure in Helling Fjord. And that is where I'm at. I hope you're having a great time in Azeroth. And let me know what you're doing in game and all that jazz uh, by leaving me a voice message or an email or a tweet or a DM. And you will figure out where you can do that at the end of the show. Let's move on to trade chat. It's time for Trade Chat, the place for extras, the place for spotlights, the place for game events in and out of Azeroth. And we're going to be letting you know that Brewfest is still going on right now. Celebrated by both the Horde and the Alliance, the Brewfest is a time to enjoy the fermented fruits of the harvest, pretzels, cheese, booze, the competing breweries, Thunder Brew, Barley Brew, and the Ogres all come together outside of the major cities in a bid to outdo each other with their special ales, meats, and beers. You can brave adventurers. We are asked and invited to sit back, take a poll, and sample the finest wares these brewers have to offer. During Brewfest, players acquire the title Brewmaster, collect fun mounts like the Swift Brewfest Ram, and toys for the toy box. Daily activities including killing corn dire brew for loot and mounts, as well as competing ram racing for Brewfest prize tokens. And there's also special experience buff. You can get the Brewfest Enthusiast, the High Tinker, Mega Torque, and the Sour Fang, which will give speeches by their camps at 6.15 a.m. Pacific time, and then buff everyone nearby with two-hour buffs, which persist through death. 
And Brewfest is based on Oktoberfest, in case you did not know. And this runs from September 20th through October 6th. So you have four more days. And then, if you did not know, it is time for the Dark Moon Fair. We can step right up and prepare to be amazed. The Dark Moon Fair celebrates a wondrous, exotic, and mysterious from around Azeroth. This mist-shrouded island is a conundrum wrapped in an enigma accessible for one week only at the beginning of each month. So it is that time because it is the beginning of October. The beautiful Burr month. The first, no wait, September. Yeah, second, second Burr month. Come closer for a tantalizing glimpse of what fair founder Silas Darkmoon brings for all to see. It is starting right now and you can make your way to the Darkmoon Fair through portals in LON Forest for Alliance and Malgor Horde, and you can easily reach the portals located in Alwyn Forest and Mulgor by paying a Dark Moon Fair Mystic Mage located in Stormwind, Agrimar, and Dalaran to teleport you there. Although there is no level restriction to attend the fair, you can only travel to the island while the Dark Moon Fair is open. And while you're there, you can get the Dark Moon currency. There's the Dark Moon game tokens and Dark Moon prize tickets. So. Get your booty over and enjoy the fair. All right, I wanted to spotlight the 13th annual Running of the Gnomes. It's next Saturday. It takes place October 8th. That's actually this upcoming Saturday. The Gnomes leave the starting zone at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. That's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Scarlet Crusade server. Show up for early invites. Their classic run is October 15th. You can follow the event on Twitter at hashtag GnomeRun2022 and there's info and Wrath Classic details and everything in the thread that I'm going to uh, link to the show notes. And also they have a website. Let me get to it. You'll find out more information about Gnome Run 22 by going to gnomerun 22com C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. That is the Gnome Run 22 card dot co. And from there, they have the home info, the retail info, the classic info, more about the charities that they're involved in, and an FAQ to answer any additional questions. I will hop to the FAQ, though, if you are new to what this is. It is an event and it's called the Running of the Gnomes. That is an event where the whole of the Warcraft community gathers on one single server, the Scarlet Crusade or the Bloodsail Buccaneers for Wrath Classic. And you roll a level one gnome to travel from the gnome starting zone to Booty Bay to help raise awareness and funds for charities that make an actual impact on breast cancer. So this year they're going to be working together with the Pink Fund and the two vaccine to raise money to both eliminate the most deadly form of breast cancer and also take care of cancer patients in active treatment in the meantime. And the yearly migration was so popular with players in the community that Blizzard honored the event with a micro holiday called the Great Nomergon Run that occurs yearly on the same date worldwide. The micro holiday provides players with a race course and NPCs to cheer them on. While the 
the micro-holiday occurs everywhere, the community and gathering of players is still held only on Scarlet Crusade US and also a second run some years in Classic on Blood Sail Buccaneers. The community event be benefits charities that they love and gathers people together worldwide. At the start of the event in 2017, there were actually 7,000 players online that raised $16,600 plus thousands upon thousands of more or and before that and you have does my character need to be level one no but the idea is that the event is created for level one characters so people can just log in and enjoy without too much setup on their end especially with how many people attend and um is there an after party yes on both retail and classic they always had to orga more afterwards to give out kisses hugs and licks to whoever is the current head of the capital and they have licked a whole lot of horde leaders over the past 12 years to be honest they said and then there's a question many ask why gnomes in wrath of the lich king gnomes were one of the only races with pink hair making it easy for everyone to coordinate so there you can head to the show notes or you can head to gnome run 2022.carrd.co and find out more on this week's and this year's gnome run and to wrap up this episode's trade chat we're going to end it off by playing the warcraft parody holding out for a healer Warcraft parody by Kruthni and Charm and Latomi. And it is off from the parody Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler with the song in the Machinima by Kruthni and the vocals and mixing by Charm and the choir vocals by Latomi. And I put the link to the video and to the channel in the show notes. Past the fourth wife without a true 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Casually Casual Cast. You can tweet the show at Warcraft Casual on Twitter. You can email the show at casuallycasualcast at gmail.com and find past episodes, show notes, and everything else. How to leave a voicemail, how to contact the show at cozypodcastnetwork.com where you can also find all the other podcasts that I host. And you can follow me on Twitter at Holdreina. And if you want to help support the show, leave a review wherever you can. It is greatly appreciated. The retweets on Twitter and the word of mouth is the best way to help. Happy travels to you, Azerothians. Bye. May our paths cross again. I'll always treasure our time together. Goodbye. Peace. Or not. In my native tongue, my name means dances with tassels. <laughs> 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 <laughs>